Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. If you'd like more content like this, visit us on our website at www.surechurch.com. The following sermon was preached by Pastor James Hemmelman on the basis of Joshua 24, verses 1 to 2 and verses 14 to 18. favorite picture that the Bible uses to describe your relationship with God? Maybe you like the illustration of God as your father and you his, his dear child. Or maybe the picture of Jesus as your brother. Or maybe you are an animal lover and so you really appreciate the idea of Jesus as your good shepherd and you his, his little lamb. Or maybe you are a gardener and you like the idea of Jesus as the vine and you are the branches. Right? So many great pictures that the Bible uses to describe our relationship with our Savior. Uh, what about this one? The Bible often uses the picture of Jesus as a groom and his bride is the church. A beautiful picture that shows the, the unity and the love and the the, the just special relationship that Jesus has with his people. Right, a wonderful picture. But also a picture that shows the high level of commitment that God wants from his people. In a marriage, at a wedding, you don't get to get away with anything less than 100% commitment. Right? At a wedding, you can't say, I, I mostly do, or I probably do. It's got to be, I do. Right? Anything less than 100% commitment just doesn't cut it. And this is what God wants from his people. Right? 100% commitment and faithfulness. He's not interested in sharing you uh, with any kind of, of idol, right? anything that would steal him away from being the most important thing in your heart. He calls you to throw those things away, whether they, they are the idols of popularity or money or earthly pleasure, God says, I want to be number one in your heart. And so this morning, you have a choice. Will you serve these idols or will you serve the Lord? The choice is yours. And this is really the exact same choice that Joshua gave to the people of Israel uh, in Joshua 24. Let me read for you a few verses from that chapter. Uh, this is right at the end of Joshua's life, right? You remember Joshua took over for Moses as the leader of the people of Israel. He knows that he's about to die, and so here's what he does. Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River, and they worshipped other gods. But now, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. 
But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations through which we traveled, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Far be it from us to forsake the Lord. It was a good answer, wasn't it? The people of Israel said, when we think about everything that the Lord has done for, for us, far be it from us to forsake him. After he created us to be his own people, after he sent Moses and Aaron into Egypt to deliver us from our slavery, after he parted the waters of the Red Sea so that we could pass through, and then he crashed those waters down on the Egyptian army, and then after he guided us through the wilderness and gave us this promised land as our own, far be it from us to forsake the Lord. It was a good answer. It was the only answer, right? When you know what the Lord has done for you, then we too would say right along with the people of Israel, far be it from us to forsake the Lord. Right after he created us to be his own people, after he sent his son into the world to free us from our slavery to sin and death and the devil, after he passed us through the waters of baptism and in that flood crushed the power of the devil over us, and after he has guided us through the wilderness on our way to the promised land, after everything that he has done for us, far be it from us to forsake the Lord. We will serve the Lord because he is our God. Commitment, faithfulness, I do. This is a great thing that the Lord has worked in you, this desire to serve him. This is evidence that the Holy Spirit is working in you, in your heart, in your life, to give you this desire to be faithful and dedicated to God. That's a great thing. And when I think about someone who is dedicated to the Lord, it makes me think of Peter, Jesus' disciple. Peter was so dedicated to Jesus. There was one time where Jesus preached a really controversial sermon and everybody just kind of got up and they, they started to leave Jesus. And so Jesus asked his 12 disciples, you don't want to leave too, do you? And remember what Peter said? He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Commitment and faithfulness. Peter wanted to serve the Lord and be faithful to him. Even on the night before Jesus died, when Jesus told his disciples, tonight you are all going to fall away and abandon me, do you remember what Peter said? Never. Even if all other people do, Lord, I will never forsake you. Far be it from me 
to forsake the Lord. Peter was dedicated. And yet, just a few hours later, Peter was curled up in a ball crying because he had forsaken the Lord. The desire to serve God, Peter had that. But the ability to be faithful to his Lord, that's where Peter was lacking. And he was not the only one. When the people of Israel made this promise that they would serve the Lord, do you know what Joshua said? Joshua told them, you are not able to serve the Lord which is a really kind of a wet blanket thing to say. But he was right. If you would turn just another page in your Bible, you would find the people of Israel bowing down and worshiping idols. They broke their promise to the Lord. And the words of Joshua rang true. You are not able to serve the Lord. And those words ring true in our lives as well times when our desire to serve God and be faithful to him falls short. We abandon the Lord and the words of Joshua come true. You are not able to serve the Lord. And then what? Well, Joshua warned the people of Israel. He said, if you forsake the Lord and you serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you. In other words, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Our, our broken promises to God and our failure to be faithful to Him, well, that prepares the way for us for an eternity apart from God. In one of his letters, the Apostle Paul said this frightening phrase. He said, if we disown Him, He will also disown us us. And that is like a punch in the stomach for people like you and me who have often disowned the Lord. But then, in the very next phrase, Paul says something that is the complete opposite, something that gives hope. He says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Sometimes we and I forget what Christianity is all about. Christianity is really not all about my commitment to God, but instead it's about God's commitment to me. And Christianity is not about my burning desire to be faithful to the Lord, but instead it is about the Lord's burning desire to be faithful to me. And it's not about how we have to choose the Lord, but instead it's about how the Lord has chosen us. From before the creation of the world, God chose you to be his own. And it's all about how while we were still sinners, God chose to send Christ into the world to die for us. And how because we were unable to choose to join God's family, God chose to bring us into his family. 
and how at your baptism, God chose to, to bind himself to you with an oath. Because when you were baptized, God said to you, far be it from me to forsake you. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Just ask Peter. Ask Peter about how after Jesus rose from the dead, he made a special appearance to the disciples just so that Peter would know that even though Peter had forsaken Jesus, Jesus was not about to forsake Peter. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Or ask the, the people of Israel. They were faithless. They broke their promises to God. They were not committed to him, and yet God remained perfectly committed to them. He was faithful. He kept all of his promises to them, even, even the promise that was fulfilled in Bethlehem. A Savior born for them, for Peter, for you and for me. A Savior who lived a life of perfect faithfulness to God for all of the times that we do not. A Savior who was so very committed to you that he went to the cross and suffered God's anger for your unfaithfulness. A Savior who cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that God would never forsake you. A Savior who was abandoned by the Lord so that you could know that God would never, ever abandon you. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. And when you understand that, that's when you can serve the Lord. Right? When you understand that it's not about your faithfulness to God, but God's faithfulness to you. That's when you can serve the Lord with gladness. Do you know who Tony Dungy is? Football coach from a few years back. Um, football coaches have to get their players to obey them and to, to serve them. And so how do most football coaches go about doing this? Yelling, right? <laughs> Screaming and threatening. But Tony Dungy didn't do any of this. Instead, he treated his players with patience and compassion and he cared about them as people. And the result was that his players, instead of being constantly afraid of making a mistake and getting yelled at, they could go out and they could play confidently and they could play freely and they could have fun while they were playing. And so you can imagine how players all around the league wished that they could play for a coach like Tony Dungy. And that's the kind of coach that you play for. This is the kind of God that you have. Not the kind of God that you serve because you are afraid that he is going to hurt you, but the kind of God that you serve because you love him. Because this is the kind of God who, even when you are faithless, he remains faithful. And when you get that, you can serve him. You can serve him in confidence, you can serve him freely, and you can serve him joyfully. 
You see why the choice for the people of Israel was easy? Idols or the Lord. And you can see why for Peter this was an easy choice. Lord, to whom shall we go? What other choice is there? Where else can you find a God who has done such wonderful things for his people? Where else in the world can you find someone who will be completely faithful to you even when you are faithless? Where else on the entire planet can you find such forgiveness and mercy and love? Lord, to whom shall we go? You. You have the words of eternal life. So what's your choice? Will you serve idols that tempt you or will you serve the Lord? I know what I choose. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. What about you? I think the choice is easy, isn't it? Commit yourself to the Lord. Trust that even when you are faithless, he remains faithful. And then serve the Lord with gladness. Amen.